On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, we examine Utah's loss to USC in the Pac-12 opener in Los Angeles and look ahead to the showdown at Ricicle Stadium with the Washington State Cougars. This and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast brought to you by Mr. Mack. Hey, this is Larry Kristoviak, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, brought to you by the good folks at Mr. Mac, where you can buy one suit for two ninety nine and get a second one for just a dollar. Dirk Facer here in our Swank Salt Lake City studios with my colleague Jody Genesey and my son Austin Facer. Guys, good to have you here. Good to be here. Good to be here, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. You've always been like a father to me, I, and I've tried to be Jody with timely advice. And uh, kind of funny though, every time Jody hits me up for twenty bucks, I never seem to have any cash on me. Exactly. That allowance bill is, is big <laughs> it's now. It's past due, isn't it? <laughs> hey, guys, uh, the Utes coming off a 30-23 loss at USC in their Pac-12 opener. Not exactly the way you want to start off Pac-12 play, although they started off 0-2 last year. Uh, fact is, there's still a lot of football left to play, Jody. Uh, they can still reach most of their dreams. Maybe the college football playoff might be a, a little more difficult now, but the Rose Bowl is still in play. Right. I, I think what it did is that really burst their bubble. I mean, like you mentioned the college football playoff, that's probably out the door now. But And not necessarily if they go on a roll, they still could build up that momentum. But I don't think any of us really thought that the Utes were going to go through Pac-12 play unscathed. It's not fun to start 0-1, but I mean, you're playing in a place you hadn't won since, you know, you've never won in the Coliseum. You haven't won in L.A. since 1916. Right. So, and, and USC, I believe, is better than we anticipated them being. And it wasn't a great loss. It's not a fun way to start the season, especially with some of the injuries, but I think it's they can recover from this. Austin, obviously Lee Corso's prediction may have fallen by the wayside, but he's been wrong before, hasn't he? A couple times, yeah, but uh, he's sure fun while he's doing so. Yeah. And that, uh, What do you think, Austin? Do you think that the setback was uh, extremely detrimental, or can they bounce back from it? I think they can bounce back. They're just going to need a little bit of help. Um, I'm looking at USC's schedule right now. Obviously, they're in the what we would call the driver's seat very early on in the Pac-12 South, and it looks like USC has some uh, some interesting challenges coming down the pipe where they have Washington next week. Um, they're going to face Oregon. Uh, they've got a game against Arizona State later on and then Cal who has proven to be a little bit better than everybody expected right. uh, towards the end of the year. So I think they're going to need the help but I think they're going to be able to get it to by they. I mean Utah. They're going to be in a place where they can. They'll, well they'll, they'll be okay. They'll still be in Pac-12 South contention. Well you know Utah's got obviously Oregon State is kind of quote unquote easy one if there's one out there but you know the Utes also have a game with Cal and they got the Huskies and so you know it'll be challenging but you know I think as we saw with that late night crazy game with Washington State and UCLA anything's possible in the Pac-12 and I mean anything including that many points. Jody did you stay up and watch the end of that? I mean I was up I was busy doing some other stuff but I kicking myself that I didn't watch it I mean that was the quintessential Pac-12 after dark showdown that I've watched some uh, some highlights since then I mean crazy how can you throw for nine touchdowns and lose a game that's insane at home right but it, it's kind of scary because the Utes have to play UCLA towards the end of the season so I mean yeah I was gonna they say, have maybe, some they have some some guys that can play well lost in the situation is that you know UCLA scored 67 points on the road in a Pac-12 game and so that makes their offense a little dangerous guys speaking of Washington
Washington State now. You got a Utah team looking to bounce back against the Washington State team that's probably kicking themselves for not playing a little bit of defense at the end here. Two desperate teams going against each other, Austin, or how do you see this one? Yeah, I'd say so. I think Washington State's probably hurting after uh, not pulling off a victory last week. Obviously, they're not going to have the emotion of having Gardner Minshew in the stadium or anything like that, but I think it'll be still a lot of uh, a lot of uh, backs against the wall for the Cougars. Yeah, Jody, I, you mentioned a little bit, nine touchdown passes, 63 points, playing at home, 32-point lead in the second half, and they lost. Right, so Tyler Huntley is probably, he's going to have big eyes right now. He's like, yeah, let's let's bring this on. On the other hand, I mean, you're looking at a U defense that gave up 368 yards and three TDs through the air and looked very vulnerable. Uh, surprisingly, their, their defensive backfield, that's not what we expect from a, a U defense and right. against USC, and now you have this incredible offense coming this week. That's uh, a daunting task. So, And it's an 8 o'clock start, so that's Pac-12 after dark uh, territory. That's we go again. Well, you know, Kyle Whittingham made a good point in his press conference this week. He said, if you're going to play two teams that you know do this uh, high-octane offense, uh, may as well play them back-to-back so that you can you know take what you learn from one game into the next game. But, uh, boy, this is almost that uh, that offense, that pass-happy offense on steroids this week, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think that's a good point about playing back-to-back, except if you know you're injured, of course. And I think there, there obviously, we, this isn't a report, but there was speculation that there was some injuries in the backfield. You know, Jalen Johnson didn't look that good. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be really interesting. Well, you know, I think a lot of the thing in the Utah-USC game, obviously, was the 50-50 balls. The Utes didn't do very well in those. He got beat on a lot of those. And Julian Blackman, you know, who's missed the game, Idaho State game, came back. Didn't seem to be himself either. But, you know, the guys aren't making excuses. I've talked to them in practice this week, and they're just determined to, to right the ship this week. But, you know, sometimes the best defense is is a good offense. And I think uh, Kyle Whittingham mentioned it this week that maybe one of the things Utah can do to slow Washington State down is to keep their own offense on the field for longer periods of time and not get into a track meet going back and forth like we saw with UCLA and Washington State. Jody, do you buy that? I mean, Utah's Utah's fortunes improved by keeping their own offense on the field and keeping those Cougars off to the sideline and making them play some defense? Yeah, um, but the Utes did do that against USC. They, you know, controlled the, the right, possession. Margin. And, so, and, they, and they were able to do that even without Zach Moss most of the game. So I think that is a good strategy. It doesn't, so I, I, I don't anticipate that Washington State will score anywhere near 63 points against this Ute defense. And I actually think it's kind of motivation for a Ute defense coming off of that bad showing last week that, hey, instantaneously, back-to-back, we get to improve right now. But I think that's a, a wise way to keep the ball, uh, churn, just churn. I don't know. Kill that's, that clock. And- right. That's, it's going to be tough, though. I, it's going to be hard without Zach Moss. But I, I actually like the Utes position this week to to win and, and have it not even be as close as some might anticipate. How big is the Zach Moss factor, guys? I mean, obviously, you're talking about an offense that wants to kill the clock, keep things moving. You got the, one of the best, if not the best running back in the conference, and if he's not available, it sounds like he definitely won't be. Can they still follow that game plan, that blueprint? I think it's big because you definitely can't have three and outs, and I think Zach Moss is really good at getting those five to six yard pickups that extended drives and kept the offense on the field, therefore give 
giving the defense plenty of time to rest. So I, I think it's going to be a. I think that's without a doubt the story of the game is how Utah's backups can come in and replace Moss to an extent if they can somehow moneyball it. To it, it, it reminds me of that scene in Moneyball where like, how are we going to replace this guy who hit like 357? Well, we'll get like three guys who hit 280, and so I think that's probably how they're going to the approach for this I, thing. And I thought Devin Brownfield looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's up to the task. It's anytime you have the in, injury, it's it's often you feel good about your second guy, but then it's the third and fourth and fifth guy that you're a little bit uh, you know less unsure about. So that's going to be the question there. Well, and it, it's like every year, guys. You know, the guys that aren't playing are the guys that seem to get a lot of love. The backup quarterback is always a great player, and the backup running backs are great players. Just give them an opportunity. They're going to get an opportunity to play now, and it's put up or shut up time, right? So we'll see how that goes. Um, what about uh, Tyler Huntley? There's been a, some speculation on the internet that he was seen walking around campus this week with a walking boot on and may not be available. Uh, I was at practice on uh, Monday and I interviewed Tyler Huntley. He did not have a walking boot on. He seemed to be just fine. He seemed to be uh, looking forward to the game this week and eager to get the Utes back on the winning trail. Now, realize everybody in college football has a poker face on. Um, what do you guys think? Do you expect Tyler Huntley to uh, be on the field Saturday night? I'm a little shocked. I'm not quite sure how to handle this information that everything that we read on the internet might not be accurate. That is stunning. What? I, yeah. What? <laughs> I might have to take a little break here. But I mean, the, Kyle, Coach Whittingham even said this week, why would I play all my cards when it comes to Zach Moss? Why am I going to give you you know, all the information and, and tell you everything? So I think if Tyler Huntley is there at practice, I, I feel good about him playing this Saturday. So I agree. If, that, if he's not, that's, wow, that's breaking can, news. Can scary, but lead the uh, Utes to victory. You know, they, they mentioned that Drew Lisk and Jason Shelley are obviously competing for that backup spot, but it sounds like Drew Lisk, at least right now, has a slight lead in that department. But uh, Worked well for USC. Yeah, you know, <laughs> who knows what USC has waiting number in the three. beyond that. Yeah, it worked out well. And so it would be interesting to see. Uh, I think that's what we're going to have to do is just wait and see. But uh, all indications that I received just in talking to him on Monday did not have any sort of uh, protective device on his foot or ankle. And, you know, that may have been for precautionary reasons to walk around. Uh, believe it or not, the football players do go to class from what I understand. And maybe that's all you need to just first, you know, help him get up and down the hills there at the U to go to school. So so we'll see, but uh, I do know Tyler Huntley is a competitor and I think it would take a lot to convince him to sit this one out. I liked what uh, Coach Helton said after the game about Huntley. I'm glad Huntley is an old person. I don't want to see him again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a lot I'm sure say, Mike Leach would love if uh, old man Huntley didn't play on Saturday. Yeah, but. that be, you know, I think we hear that as old guys, don't we, Jody? Uh, yeah, I, and I, I think Huntley was one of the bright. Like you wrote about that, that he was one of the bright spots at USC. Yeah, and you know, and, you know, he uh, the protection wasn't as good as it had been in weeks prior. They were getting to him a little bit, but he was making good decisions. And I think the Utes are one of 14 teams in the nation that haven't thrown an interception through four games. That says something. He's taking good care of the football, and you'll usually win a lot of games if you do that. It was unfortunate because they've been so good at protect the protection and Huntley's escaped those sacks. And it was really a couple of the sacks that ended up being pivotal there where he got the sack on the, at the goal line and they go from the the one yard line to the seven yard line and then you know, turns into a field goal and then just things spiraled out of control after that. And the, Anyway, that's yeah, that's, but he's still controlling the ball and he's their best offensive pl- player now. They need him. Well, that's, that's how you expect to have a senior quarterback, isn't it? You, you 
want that veteran guy that's been through the wars and knows that taking care of the football is a premium. Oh, for sure. He's he's playing like a senior. That's that's the awesome thing. And I think right now with Moss out, he's going to carry a heavier load. And it's also going to be interesting to see how the wide receivers respond as well because, you know, they're, they can expect a lot more action this week. Well, you know, I think one thing, too, is, is durability. You know, he's been injured the last couple of years in that. But, you know, he's bigger, stronger, and faster than he's ever been. So in addition to having the yeah, they had this, savvy, they had this graphic before the first game where they showed like his body progress like they had him shirtless you know you know uh, what he looked like before last season what he looked like this season and he's enormous he's he's gigantic he's he's put on some some solid muscle he's 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 in good shape i was gonna say you could do the same graphic for me minus the solid muscle part dude me you and me both (laughs) the three of us would make in fact i'm gonna take my shirt off right now in the podcast booth if you could dirk if you could take a picture here i'm I'm more worried about my eyes with the pasty white skin you know the neat little tan on there I can handle uh, everything boy. else. But. Well, hey, guys, moving on in a league with, with such parity, because you look at the Pac-12, you got California went up to Seattle and beat Washington. Uh, UCLA, who was supposed to be dreadful, goes up to Pullman and beats Washington State. Obviously, there's a lot of parity in this league. We talked about it a little bit, but what would you guess out of a nine-game conference slate, how many wins it'll take to win the Pac-12 South? Six? six seven? Yeah. Six. I'm at Six. Jody? I think, yeah, I might even say seven, but it is. A, I mean, we saw that last week when there were six different teams ranked in the top 25 from the Pac-12. Right. And there's not really a clear front runner, but there are a lot of good teams, good to mediocre to good teams, right. and a couple of, of poorer teams. But like UCLA is one of those teams we thought was going to be one of the poorer teams, and look what they did. And it's I, I think that's what you get from the Pac-12. It's just a competitive league. It's not one of the elite P5 leagues at this moment, but uh, I, I think it should be fun to watch all all season. Yeah, and I think history will show if you look back at it. Seven two, you usually get it done. Obviously, six and three, you can get it done. And Utah zero oh, and two last year to start the league ended up winning the South, and nobody really talks about that uh, slow start because it's it's how you finish, right? And I say seven because UC, USC already has two good wins uh, early. I mean, you'd right. mentioned earlier, Austin, that mm-hmm. they still have some struggles ahead, but two and zero oh at this point for them is really good. Seven runs away with it, I think. Six with with help. Think, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, there's I believe there was a year where five got it done. I don't think this is one of them because there's there's not a lot of parity within the division because there's some some strong teams and some weak teams. But uh, it'll be fun to watch. I mean, heck, even you know Colorado uh, beating Arizona State. I mean, there's some games that have just been surprising. So you never know in the Pac-12. Hey, before we continue, just want to put a reminder out there from our sponsor, Mr. Mac. You can get a suit for two ninety nine and pick up another one. For just a buck, free fast alterations. Mr. Mac, locations all over the valley. Encourage you to get there. They are the official sponsor of the Deseret News Insiders podcast. And if you drop Jody's name, you might just get a friendly smile and a handshake in addition to that sale. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, let's jump back on the news of the day or the news of the week. Utah and Florida scheduled the home-and-home series, which also led to the interruption of the rivalry game with BYU. But uh, what are your initial thoughts, guys, on uh, Utes and Gators? I think a lot of people would have liked to have seen that, especially the year where the Utes and uh, Gators were 1-2 in the polls. Is it too little too late, or is it still going to be fun to see Utah play an SEC team like the Florida Gators? That was 2006, right? So that's 
been it'll be seven sixteen years since they were one and two in the polls. Is that right? Or no, it was two thousand eight. I apologize. Yeah, well, not too long ago. Yeah, but but the fact was obviously Urban was coaching one team. Yeah, the Urban Bowl. Kyle. That's what I've heard people call it on Twitter. Uh, this is where I'll show my inner millennial. Okay, um, I'm really excited for the Gators to come because they're sponsored by Jordan Brand uh, with their uniforms. So they have really cool uniforms and shoes, and I'm excited to see that in person. I can see you have a really funny look on your face, like. <laughs> I th- you, Dirk, you want to roll your eyes. He's going to ask for uh, avocado toast at lunch. Yeah, exactly. wherever you take him. I can see you're about to roll your eyes. That, that's that's my inner millennial speaking there. But I do understand there are some people who are upset that the the rivalry is being interrupted, and and I I can I can understand that. Yeah. We'll jump to that. Jody, I, one thing I tell people, everyone says, "What's the big deal? The biggest change with Utah joining the Pac-12?" And I think it's real that Utah plays big time football, and I think you notice it when USC comes to town. You're sitting in the press box at Rice. Cycle Stadium, and that's USC lining up against Utah in Salt Lake City. That makes it real. How real is it going to be when the Florida Gators are on the turf at Rice Cycle Stadium playing the Utes? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a tremendous pickup. I, it's really exciting. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that they gave up the BYU series. I, I'm a big fan of the rivalry. I, I don't like to see it interrupted. I, I was not privy to <laughs> conversations behind the, the scenes, so I don't know how tough it would have been to take Southern Utah or Weber State off. Not that I don't want to see Utah playing them either, but uh, it is what it is, I, I suppose. I but Florida coming in, I mean, just seeing BYU play Tennessee, that that's fun to see the SEC. You know, uh, some it, it is awesome to see the USC, and but now Ute fans are kind of used to seeing the Pac-12. BYU fans still get excited about it, but now this is just every week for the Utes. Now to get a legit power like Florida have a a, a series, I can understand why Harlan did it. Like I don't like it necessarily, but I understand it, and I think it was probably the right choice. Well, and then, you know, a lot of people that are upset about it, I personally think it's shameful that that game's not played every year. I think Utah and BYU, that's the biggest sporting event in the state every year. It's a treasure. The games have been great. I realize it's been lopsided, you know, with Utah winning the last nine in a row. But the games, for the most part, have been really fun to watch, and a lot of them have come right down come right down to the wire. But, you know, I think it's shameful that there's a cash grab to, to put something like this state treasure on hold. And, you know, I also think Utah ought to play Utah state and knock this crud off. You know, you're going to play San Diego State and Wyoming, things like that. And you're talking about how tough the Pac-12 schedule is and how grueling it is. Well, I haven't seen a lot of Pac-12 teams in the college football playoffs, so I, I have to say, how grueling is it? But, you know, I would like to see Utah maybe man up and, and play Utah State and BYU the same year. Uh, I noticed Washington State, I believe, is doing that in two years. They're playing the Aggies and the Cougars, something Utah won't do. But another Pac-12 team will do it. So, you know, I just, uh, the scheduling thing's kind of bothersome to me. And, you know, when you talk about the smaller schools like Weber State and Southern Utah, that income they get from playing Utah and BYU, even Utah State, pays a lot of bills at those schools. So That's I think true. There's a responsibility there, even though sometimes the games are, are horrible to watch. Is Dixie State on Utah's schedule yet? or Not yet, but they will be. They're adding them. So, you know, that that's going to happen. And so, you know, I guess bottom line is I hate to see it, but obviously BYU signed off on this agreement, getting the extension of the four more games. So the rivalry will be played you know, numerous times over a short period of time. I just think it should be played every year, and I think it's a shame that it isn't. And I think well uh, said. my message to the, the Utah fans that don't want the BYU game and want to see more games with Florida and things like that. Yeah, they're fun and all that, but be careful what you wish for. Well, it'd be fun to see Florida at the end of the season instead of the beginning of the season. So right. maybe that's where the focus should be. Good point. 
you know, college football is interesting. You know, I remember a few years ago, um, Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the Mountain West, when I think it was when Texas and Texas A&M were parting ways and not going to play each other anymore. He said, watch what's going to happen in college football. You're going to see some very traditional rivalries die or be suspended or go on hiatus. And that. And sure enough, it's happened even in the backyard here. And this will be twice in the same decade or 10-year span or whatever that the UW-BYU series has been interrupted. Who would have thunk that? You know, so I think it's a shame in that regard. But uh, all right, guys, it's that time. Time to turn it over to Tom Barberry and Jody Guinnessy. I'm Tom Barberry, and it's time for Utah by Five. Hey, guys, welcome back to another edition of Utah by Five. Every week, Wednesday, we have a Ute Insiders newsletter. Sign up at Deseret.com, and I think you'll enjoy the content. And this week, the Utah by Five with Mike Leach in town. And you just have to, uh, to, to turn to Coach Leach because. As we, we've said, and everybody knows, he's an American treasure. So I'm going to share five of his best quotes. He has probably 50 best quotes, but we're going we're gonna to stick with five. So here's Mike Leach's dating advice. Number one, I'm a big movie guy. If you want to do it more like I did when I was your age, you can go to the Stars and Stripes Theater because that's what they had in Cody, Wyoming. But otherwise, the movie theater is pretty good. But then you want to end it in some cool coffee shop type of place where there's bizarre looking characters going in and out. So if the conversation isn't going well, you can reference some of the different characters you see coming and going from that place. If it's a huge night and you're really having a good time, then you can trade computer schemes and emails and mischief that people are up to nowadays, which I know nothing about. That's all right. Inside the life, Mike Leach. <laughs> and then he gave some dating advice in Provo and, and some historical, like we, we learn a little bit about Mike Leach and, and how he wooed his wife. Here's what he did in Provo. I went to the A&W for his first date with, with his wife. He says, I had just finished a rugby game, went to A&W, had a coupon book. She said, what are you getting? She's looking at the menu. Well, looks good. What are you getting her? I handed her the two for one coupon book. I said, I don't know, but here's the menu. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is, I mean, basically Romeo. Uh, This is good advice, people here. Seems to me we got some kind of bacon burger, hamburger thing. She got a root beer freeze. I do remember that. (laughs) Ah, Mike Leach. A simple one on candy corn. He he says this. This is his, uh, with Halloween coming up, this is almost timely. It's like fruitcake. There's a reason they only serve fruitcake once a year. Pretty funny quote. I disagree. I, I disagree as I well. I love candy corn. I don't, fruitcake, yeah. I mean, Aunt Elda can have that, but... <laughs> Candy corn will last through the millennia. That's the, that's the great thing There's about it. Yeah. Twinkies, cockroaches, and it's, candy corn. It's fun to put yeah. in your mouth and make it look like teeth, isn't it? Uh, yes. See? Oh, gosh. This is a little bit longer, but I think it, it, it is pretty funny. So he was asked about picking a captain. This was a couple years ago, and this was Jamal Morrow. So he said, I decided one of the most screwed up things about this country is in order to do anything, to cross the street, we have a committee. So I figured, screw the committee. We really only need one guy, and he's got to be smart enough to either call heads or tails. That's it. So then I thought, should I get the biggest guy on the team or the littlest guy on the team? And then I thought, Jamal Morrow was on the prices right and was fairly lucky and went to the final round and almost won the sucker. He was closest to the price, but was over by like $3. The other person's under by like 60 bucks, but since he's over, he loses. So I figured Jamal Morrow is a lucky guy. Plus, he's got a pretty good energy to him, so why not Jamal Morrow? And then Jamal Morrow goes out and did have an amazing knack for winning the coin toss. He wins it almost all the time. I'm serious about this. I don't know what his record is, but it's something incredible. But I don't even really care about that, because one way or the other, you get the ball one half or the other, except one time when I played Nebraska, and then he tells this like crazy story about this Nebraska. But he said that Morrow 
had a funny tendency to win, and then I'm thinking, I don't want to sit here and think of a new guy to do it. So Jamal Morrow has gone out there for the coin toss for about two and a half years and quite honestly done a tremendous job in my opinion. So there that's the key to becoming a football captain. Go on The prices Right, if you're on Mike Leach's team. This was a classic. He went on a, a long rant. I, this is well worth... I'll put a link in, in the uh, U Insiders newsletter to this to all these quotes. But he went on a long rant about uh, college football playoffs, and this was his quote. Small portion of his quote. College football says, and they scratch their head and ask, how is it possible that you could actually have a playoff format in college football? Well, gee, I don't know. We can go down to the local city park, and I'll bet you somebody who handles youth football Youth football can tell you how to do something like that. How about high school? How about Division three and Division two and 1AA and the NFL? And he just keeps on going. He wants a college football playoff. And I, Mike Leach, so those are five of my favorite quotes from Mike Leach. We'll have that in the and so much more in the uh, Ute Insiders newsletter. So that's this week's Utah by Five. Appreciate it, Jody. That's always a good read. So go to Deseret.com and uh, subscribe. We'll deliver it to you for free, right? Yes. <laughs> and some candy corn if you tell your friends about it. Well, let's not push that. We don't know our budget on the candy corns, but uh, sometimes the best time to buy candy corn is a week after Halloween. That's very true. So, you know, if we do have the corn, we may deliver it a little later. <laughs> That's that. Hey, guys, let's wrap things up this week. Uh, just a note, college basketball season's upon us. Uh, the teams start practicing this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with the Utes this year. A lot of question marks, and we'll find out. Uh, before we uh, Part guys, let's get some predictions on the game this week. Jody, Utah, Washington State, Pac-12 after dark. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be 67-63 like uh, the UCLA game, but I will. I, I do think it'll be. A, a, I'll go with Utah, a 28, Washington State, 25. All right, Austin. I think uh, it's going to be a turnover-ridden game. I think we'll see Huntley throw his first interception, but the Utes will overcome. I think it's going to be Utah 27, Washington State 20. I'm going to throw a 34-28 for Utah. I think it's going to be a little offensive, but not offensive. I say the closest person wins some fruitcake. Or candy corn. Or both. Or both. We'll see. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Just a reminder that we're sponsored by Mr. Mac. Get you a suit for two ninety nine. Bring a buddy, a poor buddy along that can only afford a dollar, and he can get a suit, too. So <clears> that <throat> or you can split it twice. Yeah, I, I got the hint there. Or we can go a, a 150 a person. That could happen, too. But go to a Mr. Mac near you. Great sponsors of the program, and we sure appreciate them. Uh, other than that, folks, tell your friends about the podcast. Go to Deseret.com for the latest on the Utah Utes. And until next time, folks, we'll see you later.